Great to see all of you and be a part of this experience with you tonight. Thank you for all of you joining us online, for Kip, the praise team, the choir, the band, the readers, the scripture reader, the prayer. Can we put our hands together and thank God for all of you? I think they're nice at the hose of heaven and the angels like look at God and they're like, that was good. That, that was that right there. That was good. When Jesus was born in a town of Bethlehem, at that time, it was a town of about a thousand people. How many of you grew up in small towns of around a thousand people, right? So everybody knows everybody. You're probably talking about a town of farmers and shepherds. I mean, it's a small little place. And Jesus was born in a time of political turmoil. There was violence. It seemed like peace was far away. Like people are reaching for God. They're praying prayers for the Messiah, yet it doesn't seem like anything is happening. And you fast forward 2,000 years, and now Bethlehem is a town of around 30,000 people. So over 2,000 years, it's grown a little bit. It's gone from 1,000 to 30,000. But this time of year, Bethlehem usually looks different. It's not just 30,000 people. Around Christmas time, 3 million people travel to Bethlehem to celebrate Christmas in the place where Jesus was born. There are festivities, festivals, lights, parties. A lot of things are going on there. But in the year 2021, there was conflict that broke out in that area, and they weren't able to celebrate Christmas the way they usually do. In 2022, they were. In fact, I was there in 2022 with some of you. We, were, we went to Bethlehem. We hung out with our friends Laura and the Kandu family and some of the believers in Jesus who live there. And now this year, there are no festivities. There's no parties, no lights. Yet it's not keeping pastors and churches in Bethlehem from working hard to equip the church to be the church in a city right now that is experiencing all forms of violence, where it feels like peace is far away, where people are asking, like, is God around? Like, what is God doing? It seems like there's the silence of God. So when you think about the Christmas story, sometimes we think about lights and trees and gifts and joy and happiness and all these things, yet Christmas is a story about hardship. And it's about God who did not leave Joseph and Mary and Joseph and Mary who did not leave God. So why would we? If you have your Bibles on you, I want you just to open to Luke chapter 2. Uh, it's not, uh, Luke chapter 1, it's not going to be on the screen. I'm just going to read the story. We're going to talk about a few things, have a time of prayer. And in verse 26, it says this, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and he said, and I want you just to listen to what the angel says, the content, the message, how it comes across. So here's what the angel says to Mary. Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. So the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since... I'm a virgin. And the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is a sixth month for her who is said to be barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And then Mary said, Here am I, 
the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. I want you to think about three words. I want you to repeat it after me. We're going to start with the first one. It says, repeat after me, favor. Multiple times what the angel of God tells Mary is the favor of God is on you. Like, do you believe in the favor of God? I had a friend in Houston uh, where I preached before here. And anytime you would have asked Susie, anytime you bumped into Susie at church and you said, Susie, how you doing? She would say, I'm blessed and highly favored. And every once in a while she put a smile on her face and she'd say, well, today I am blessed and highly flavored. She would just switch it up just a little bit. But blessed and highly favored. When you think about the favor of God, I don't want you to think that the favor of God is if you pray more and go to church more and give more, that God's going to bless you with a better job or nicer cars or promotion. The favor of God is the gracious face of God that is turned toward you in your life. I want you to repeat after me, impossible. Everything changes in verse 37 when Mary receives a word from the angel of nothing is impossible with God. And this is so much of my prayer time, my prayer life is spent believing that God, believing that impossibilities will bow down to the name of Jesus. And I have seen just enough miracles in my life to still pray to the God who still performs the miraculous. Just the last two to three weeks of my life, I have found myself in hospital rooms with other people. I have found myself in a, a memory care facility and some living rooms of people. And just in the life of this church alone, we have had people in the last few weeks who have lost jobs, who have had surgeries on, on knees and backs and organs and brains and relationships that are in trouble and, and just in the last three weeks alone praying to God here are some things that some people may say they are impossible yet we are praying to the God who knows what to do with impossibilities every impossibility that you face right now in your life is temporary in some kind of way it will not last forever and I want you to repeat after me assignment so thank favor I want you to think about impossibilities, and I want you to think assignment. Because right now we're in a series called, uh, just like, When Heaven Speaks. Because four different times in the birth narrative of Christ, there is a voice from God through an angel that speaks to people. And every time the voice of God speaks to people, there is some kind of mission or some kind of assignment. There's something God wants them to do. So in your own life, if you sense that you are hearing from God, either through the Bible or something, yet God is never asking you to do something, you may need to question how it is you're hearing from God. Because in the Bible, when people hear from God, there's often a calling that comes with it, a mission that comes with it. Because from the beginning pages of Scripture, God values partnership. So there's favor that comes upon Mary. Mary, everything turns in the story when she hears about impossibilities bowing down at the name of Jesus. And there's assignment and there's mission. Now for Mary, there is this experience she has for, from, God, for, from God and now she, she shares it with other people. And can you imagine what it was like when Mary shares this experience she had with God with other people? Like, did they all believe it? that she had an encounter with an angel and now there's something happening inside of her that is a miraculous conception. Like, are, are people going to believe it? What was it like when Mary told Joseph about the encounter? Or when she sat down with her mom and dad and shared with them about this encounter? Or with her priest? Or the synagogue friends, like church friends? Like, what was it like when Mary shared her experience with the Lord to other people and, and apparently they believed her? And these things that she spoke began coming true. Do you know in the eastern part of the world, way over in the east, they call Mary the God-bearer. 
It's the name that they give to Mary, the God-bearer, because she bore God, carried Jesus in her womb, gave birth, nurtured, raised. And as you see, Jesus developed. The Bible uses words like develop and mature, the part Mary played in helping that happen, all because Mary heard something from God in Luke chapter 1, and she responded to it. Now, if you were listening as I was reading in Luke 1, the angel doesn't come and visit Mary and then like, like say, hey, uh, just, we're just trying this out today. Like we're going to meet with you and we're also going to meet with Tiffany and Stacy and Kathy and we're going to interview a few people and then see who it is that we want to pick to be the mother of Jesus. The angel doesn't come and ask questions. The angel comes and gives an assignment to Mary. Mary was chosen by God for this task. So when you hear from God, do you want to hear from God? Whether it's through the Bible, through a nudge, through a prompting, just some way God still speaks to us today. When we hear from God in some way, will we respond in a similar way that Mary does? Back in 2018, I was going to Israel for the first time. And a few days before our trip, I woke up early in the morning and my right ear was like muffled. It was weird. All of us have had those moments when your ears are like clogged up and you, you swallow, you drink something, you try to do cartwheels, like anything, right? Just anything just to get it to pop a little bit and nothing was happening. So it, I'm joking about the cartwheel thing, all right? Don't go try that, all right? But it was muffled and it, and it was like I put a phone up to my ear to listen to a voicemail. I couldn't hear it. So I, I called my family physician. I called my doctor. I went and, 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 and no joke, not exaggerating the story. She looks inside of my ear and her response was, oh my goodness. Which if you ever go to a doctor's office, have anything checked out, it is not the response you want ever. Like they're trained better than that, right? That's all I heard was, oh my goodness. She said, your ear is full of blood. And then she began to accuse me. What have you been sticking in your ear? And I'm like, I'm not a three-year-old where I'm sticking things in my ear. I, I don't know. And somehow some freak thing happened where I just busted my eardrum. So of course my question was, can I get on a plane and fly across the world? And they put me on some medicine, some steroids. Everything ended up being fine, but it was almost this foreshadowing for me that I was just a few days away from walking in, in the same places that Jesus walked, experiencing these sights and experiencing God in those places. And I sensed the Lord almost asking me, not that God did this to my ear, like just to teach me something, but that the Lord was using this as a moment to say, are, are you ready to lean in? Even when there is the muffled hearing that's going on in your life, are you willing to turn a little bit to God, to lean in a little bit to God, just to hear what it is God may say? When God speaks... There is a call that comes with it. So do you know what the favor of God means for you in your life? The favor of God is a turning to you. The favor is God being active in your life. And do you understand that impossibilities will not exist in heaven? And every impossibility that you experience right now, it will be gone. And do you grasp the power of assignment and partnership? Because when we realize how impossibilities bow to God, our response is to step to God. And for Mary, everything changes in verse 37. When she hears the word about nothing is impossible for God, and maybe this was like just the, the final conclusion of the message of an angel, or maybe there was something about that word impossible that made Mary say, I'm all in. I'm in. I'm ready. 
Here am I. And even to this day, God's birth relies on human partners. And saying yes to God doesn't mean you are not afraid, but that you will not let the fear stop you. So I want to invite Mike to go ahead and come up. And I just want to give you a few things to think about. In all four stories in the birth narratives of Christ, when an angel speaks to people, the flow goes like this. The flow is, do not be afraid. To all four of them. Other than the shepherds, for Joseph, Zachariah, and Mary, the flow is, don't be afraid, and then the angel calls them by name. And the third thing that happens when the angel speaks is that there are statements about Christ. The angel is trying to make clear the work of Christ in the world. And the fourth thing that the angel speaks is assignment. It's mission. There's something for people to do. So I'm not suggesting tonight like God is locked into this flow and it's the only way God speaks to us, but I can't help but think like why would God not speak in the same way to us today? That God speaks into your fear and anxiety. God calls you by name because we serve a relational God. God will work every day of your life to make statements about Christ that are clear and compelling. And there is nobody God saves that God does not intend to use for his glory somehow, some way. There is assignment and mission that is given. So I want you to think here for just the next couple minutes. If I were to say, have a statement like a prayer for you, like even when, like even when certain things happen, can, are you willing to respond the same way Mary does? Like here am I. Like even when, fill in the blank, here am I. And I'm just going to work through a few of these, and maybe a few of these statements will connect with you more than others. If they do, you can just silently where you are, respond the way Mary does, here am I. Even when we don't get our way. Here am I. Even when life doesn't seem fair, here am I. Even when we don't know how the bills will get paid, here am I. Even when we don't know what tomorrow holds, here am I. Even when there is pain, because the miscarriages sting, here am I. Even when we aren't sure if or how our children are reaching for God, here am I. Even when there are reasons to be afraid all around us, here am I. Even when we struggle to figure out the work-life family balance, here am I. Even when hearts break and dreams are crushed, here am I. And as we hold candles here in this room in just a few minutes, may the candle and the flame remind us of Jesus who came into the world and still comes into the world. And may there be a response that comes from us to God today, just like Mary. God, here we are. We are your servants. We want to be a part of carrying Jesus into the world. So I'm going to give you about a minute of silence just alone for you just to have a moment with God. Maybe work through some of your own prayers of just even if or even when. 
and in the presence of God today. Will you declare your allegiance again? Like, God, here am I. Here we are.